0: This is Kevin Brooker, and I want to welcome you to Cruising Through Retirement. You know, trying to navigate this market, uh, being as volatile as it is, is no easy task. So we're going to talk about some ways today that you can protect your retirement and have the retirement that you really wanted.
1: Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. Kevin is an investment advisor representative with more than 30 years experience. He's helped thousands of people cruise through retirement and he'd be happy to help you too. Stick around for today's adventure on Cruising Through Retirement. Hey, welcome
2: in everybody. This is Cruising Through Retirement with Kevin Brooker. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin is a fiduciary he's independent he's an investment advisor representative find him at silverleaf financial silverleaffinancial.com is the website remember that one check
0: it out and uh, he's been helping folks for more than 30 years kevin hi how are you we're doing great you know what we're doing uh, doing better than the market did these last uh, couple <laughs> days it's been it's been a week huh oh my gosh it's been crazy and any, anybody watching the day-to-day you probably feel the the whipsaw you know because uh yeah one day we're up 900 the next day we're down a thousand um, and, and that's when I say, you know, the market has multiple personalities, can seem schizophrenic, and uh, it's a little bit crazy. The, the key to it is just you know, stick stick to the course, you know, keep, bear, keep your headings going exactly where they are. Make sure you're diversified, allocated properly, um, and don't don't get overly concerned or uh, don't let it bother you too much, these day-to-day swings, because they're likely to continue. Uh, but in the end, we do feel it's going to be, you know, the markets will be higher when we look for enough down the road
2: how how does that affect
0: your clients or does it well you, well it always it always affects everybody emotionally and psychologically um most of my clients though they've been investors for a long time they've they've seen the ups and downs they've gone through different periods in the in the past uh you know so kind of like been you know been there done that and but it, but it never feels good right it, no. it, it doesn't matter when it happens it it never feels good nobody likes it i'm in the market too you know i don't i don't i don't, I don't like seeing Seeing anything go down, I don't like seeing it go down for anybody. Uh, but the truth of the matter is that's, that's just the reality that we're in. And there, there are so many competing forces out there. Um, you know, like yesterday, the the market rallied really in the last, uh, I'm sorry, what earlier in the week, Wednesday of this week, the market rallied right after the Fed meeting. The final hour of trading is when we had pretty much the entire gain of that 900 points was the last hour of market after the Fed came out, made their statement, said they're raising interest rates by a half a point. Uh, but the market knew that, right? This was all very public information. It wasn't any surprise, Um, but it's one of those things that the market seems to get scared about the rumor and then kind of rejoices at the news. And then today we come in uh, and and we see interest rates rising and you see the 10-year treasury going over 3%. And all of a sudden that means, you know, people think that tech stocks are not the place to be. So NASDAQ takes a 5% hit. All right. And and so my point is, uh, you know, most of my clients, they don't, you know, none of them like it, of course, but but they understand that the market fluctuates, it goes up, it goes down, um, but we're looking long term, and and over time, you know, we're very confident the market is going to come back, um, and that it will will wind up making money, and that's why we're in there, right? And so, but I but I think it's important that you look at your portfolio. If you're if you're a do-it-yourselfer, make sure you understand exactly what you own, uh, and and you really don't. You know, you haven't wanted to be in the in the uh, the high risk stocks, I guess, for a while, the high high sales multiples, no earnings, just a concept, um, you know, and and there's a lot of them out there. And uh, one of the people that gets a lot of gets a lot of attention for that lately is Kathy Wood, who runs the ARK funds. Uh, The main one, the flagship fund, they call it is ARKK. And you can see, guys, that's been cut in half this year in half. Um, and it's because she she tends she calls herself a, a you know a, an ino- I shouldn't say an innovative fund manager. She manages a fund that's focused on innovation, and and so she owns a lot of companies um, you know like Teladoc that has really gotten abused this year and beaten up. Uh, she's been a big Tesla bull, and and the fact is she had fantastic returns in the last couple of years, uh, far far better than the overall market. Um, but anytime you're in a high-risk strategy like that, a high aggressive growth strategy, you got to remember that knife cuts both ways, and and that's what's happening. Uh, in fact, it got so much attention, and she was so widely publicized in the business news that some other companies on the on Wall Street developed funds just to short Kathy Woods ARC Fund. Wow! <laughs> and and if and if actually if you'd been if you'd have been fortunate enough to get into that short fund. You've had a really good year so far, all right. Um, yeah, because it's exactly opposite of what the ARC Fund has done, which, as I mentioned, has been cut in half. So, but but with being short, you want to be careful. It is it is a, a good way to hedge sometimes, but you can, technically speaking, you have unlimited risk with a short position because theoretically, a price can go to the moon. Uh, whereas with a long position, when you buy a stock, you know that your risk is the max is the amount of money you put into it. It can only go to zero; it can't go below zero, right? Right. Uh, you know, so you can calculate your risk. Technically, you have limited risk in a stock investment, although it's all of your investment is at risk. Uh, when you short a position, you're betting it's going lower, and so what you actually do is you start off by selling it. You know, so if you looked at you know I don't I don't know Apple at one sixty and you want you thought it was going lower, you'd sell it at one sixty. With the idea of buying it back at a cheaper price, but if instead of going down it goes up, the reason the risk is unlimited is because there's no cap on how high it can go, which means if you're short, there's no cap on how much you can lose. So be very careful. Make sure you understand exactly how it works before you engage in that type of trading.
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I mean, that's uh, you know that was goes back to you know Robinhood and and the way that they were doing things. People were people it, were really getting hurt.
0: Oh but yeah def- yeah that hap- you know that happens a lot of times it really reminded me of back in the 90s you know to, to date myself a little bit. Uh, but as we talk about this, I've been doing this over 30 years so right sure. you know I was in the bu- in the business in the 90s and 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 when we got to the you know throughout the 90s, the markets did fantastically well. In fact the last couple of years, you know 90 what 97 eight nine were were fantastic returns in the stock market uh, you know and, and a lot of people thought they were genius investors because they were doing it themselves. They bought some things, they went higher, they made money, and they thought to themselves, oh, I must be a genius because I'm making all this money. Uh, but then 2000 comes along, market starts to crash, and people realize that they, they were just lucky because everything was going higher. And, and, and then they learned that you know, uh, the hard way about losing money. And, and there were these stories about people that came out that, I mean, people were literally jumping out of their office on, on the 20th floor because they, they lost so much money in the stock market. Wow. There was there there were stories about people you know going in. I remember stories about because pe- I managed a branch office, okay. And there are stories about people going into the branch and shooting people, all right, because they lost so much money. That one caught my attention because, as I mentioned, I ran a branch. Yeah, uh, wow. Yeah, you know, so it was things a little extreme. It, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would say, it definitely is extreme. All right, nobody likes to lose money. All right, but I'm 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 sure you know that. Uh, in, in the great majority of cases, your advisor is probably doing the best they can, and, and I think most advisors are truly trying to do a good job for their clients. But when you have a market like this, that just everything is getting beaten up, um, you, you know, it's. I think there was something like out of five hundred stocks in the S and P five hundred. I think there was maybe a dozen of them, you know, that were up on this day that was down over on, on, uh, down over a thousand points. So it's very hard uh, to find things that are working. And, and the other thing in this market, guys, if you've had bonds, you know, bonds are off to, to one of the worst starts of a year in, in something like 30 or 40 years. So they used to be that where you'd go for, for safety, uh, but it has not been working. So most portfolios have really taken a beating this year because stocks and bonds are both down.
2: Oh, and again, the, you know, when the interest rates going up,
0: the bond prices go down. I, I mean, how, how do we manage that or, or do we? Well, you know, there's there, there's a lot of different ways you can manage it. I'll tell you some of the things that I've that I've been doing um, is uh, is some. I, I tell you what I've been doing. One one of the things is is uh, index annuities, actually. Okay. Um, and and one of the reasons that I'm doing it now, these are uh, annuity contracts that cannot lose money because of a market drop. Um, you make money based on a gain in an index, and you participate in the growth of the index. And so, if you own these for like the last ten years, the good ones head average returns in the 678% range going back for 10 years. And I would look at that and I'd say, you know what? 678%, I think is a pretty darn good return when you don't have any risk of a loss. And you got to compare apples to apples. You can't compare it to something where you could lose money, you know, if you want to do a valid comparison. And in the in the guaranteed space, you know, the highest guaranteed rates right now are are bumping up to about 3.8, 3.9 just below 4%. Um uh, but that's about as, and, and they, should, they should go higher over the next year. Um, however, because you, if you have a typical bond you know, a portfolio, there's 60% stocks, 40% bonds, or half and half, something like that, and everything is going down, what do you do? And, and so one thing that you could do is you could ask yourself if maybe an index annuity or something like that could be, it could be a, a replacement for those bonds, okay? Mm-hmm. And in other words, it would provide the safety that bonds used to provide And if we have decent returns going forward, then you should make money. You know, the index annuities should make money as well, but they won't trade like other vehicles. They don't perform like other vehicles. I think of them like a different asset class. And if you'd like to know more about it, by all means, just reach out, You send me a text or an email, give me a call. I'll be happy to talk talk to you about in details, Uh, but you got to make sure you know what you're doing. You know, three quarters of these, I wouldn't touch. The best ones are the top 20, 25%. Those are the good ones. But there's a lot of them that you want to avoid as well.
2: Sure. 800-975-6717. That's the phone number, folks. Also, silverleaffinancial.com. You can reach out and talk to Kevin there as well. Um, And so as we get into this, I mean— Let's, let's talk about the, the I mean, the GDP, uh, gross domestic product uh, decreasing in the annual rate of 1.4% in the first quarter. And, uh, you know, there's talk of recession, of course. And so we checked in with chief U.S. economist with Oxford Economics. Her name is Kathy Busjansik. Uh She said on CNBC recently that there's still decent momentum in the market, but that's subject to change.
0: And that's really because some of this momentum that we see in the economy stretch to ease. And at that time, we think the Fed um, gets to a more restrictive policy stance. And, and maybe really the Fed does hold the key here, uh, as it many times does, for the economy and, and also clearly for the financial markets.
2: So, Kevin, my question on this is, do you think the Fed runs the market or does the market run the Fed or is it some combination?
0: Well, you, you know that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of a loaded question. Um, you know what? I think the I think the Fed is the leader. I think the Fed is the dog, and the market's the tail. Okay. Um, you, you know, but some days it certainly doesn't feel like that. You know, but I think the old saying "Don't fight the Fed." I, it it can work in both directions. You know, when when they were printing all the easy money, sending out the checks, buying the bonds, they took interest rates to zero, and and it really left you no other alternative. About if you if you're a person that's got some money saved and you want to invest it. Where are you going to put it when interest rates are zero? You know, it, you, you really didn't have, don't have a lot of choices. And so I think that drove a lot of people to invest in the market out of, you know, the, the old Tina theory, right? There's no alternative. And, and so they also saw it going up. And then, you know, the other acronym, FOMO, fear of missing out. Yep. You know, that one comes into play. Um, and, and but I think what's happening, uh, I think what happens, though, over time, like now with interest rates going higher, that is presenting another alternative now. Uh, you know, some people will be happy at 3% on a 10-year treasury. And and so that is presenting an alternative. Uh, but I think that the Fed, you know, the, the, it, it, the reaction in the market, in my opinion, is is either in anticipation of what the Fed is going to do, or it's a reaction to what they've done. And so, in other words, the market is trying to figure you know, the bond market has been, the interest rates have been rising. And a lot of people say they've been doing the work of the Fed. And 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 what that means is that when we talk about the Fed raising interest rates, two or two and a half points, well, if you look at if you look at the market, look at treasuries, you know, look at a two-year treasury, it's already risen over two points. And and so that then you have to ask yourself, well, is it gonna keep on going? How far is it gonna go? And that's what all of us are trying to figure out. All right. But the thing is, the reason why advisors will tell you to stay in the market, you know, if if an investor out there is thinking and you're saying to yourself, maybe I should just get out and I'll come back in when it looks better. All right. Then really, what you're doing is trying to time the market, and the reason we don't advise folks to do that is because it's virtually impossible to do it successfully. Because you not only have to time the when you get out of the market, you have to time when you go back in, and 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 you might do that initially well, but it doesn't mean that you can do it consistently. And if you look at statistics going back historically, uh, one that I've just been doing some research on these, this market act, action that we're seeing because it's been a bad start to the year, right? Right. You have to go back to 1939 to see this bad of a start to the year, meaning the markets are down roughly 13%, 14%. You have to go back to 1939 to see that. And there's only been six occasions since 1939 when that happened. We've had that bad of a start to a year. Five times out of six, the market was higher for the balance of the year by double digits, not just oh, one two no percent That's a fact. Oh, All I right? like your optimism. I like the sound okay. of that. The only time it didn't happen, guys, was 1941. All right. World and we War know II. what happened. <laughs> we know what happened then. Okay. Yes. And now I I mentioned this to a few people and they say, well, how do we know we don't have the start of World War Three going on in Ukraine? Yeah. And we don't know the answer to that, right? We don't <laughs> yes, know the answer you're right. to it. You're right. All right. Um, I am I'm gonna be optimistic and say that uh I I certainly hope it doesn't go that way. I don't believe it doesn't look right now right now to me like it's gonna go that way. Uh, you know but you never know with with the talk not to get too too political or uh or, or talk about state affairs but but you know one of the reasons I understand that Putin decided to invade Ukraine is because they were talking about joining NATO and he didn't want to have another NATO member on, on on one of his borders and and so that supposedly was one of the reasons why he took this action uh because he does not want more countries joining NATO and and what's happened now though is both Sweden and Finland are talking about joining NATO and they never joined. They have not. They've never been a full member of NATO. Going back to the Cold War, um, but Finland shares an 800 mile border with Russia, oh and, sure, and so they are very, very concerned. And right now, it looks like they are both going to submit applications to join NATO. So then, my my thinking is, okay, what the heck is Putin going to do now? You know, and, uh, and and so there's a lot of things. There's a lot happening, uh, and, and these are issues that will will dominate the markets, right? Um, but we don't know the outcome in the, in the near term. However, in the long term, the market has always come back and gone higher. Always, right? Always. Yes. Yep. How many record How many record highs did we hit last year?
2: Oh, and, I couldn't even begin to tell you.
0: You know, it was dozens and dozens of record highs that we hit last year. And so for the market to give back some of the gains, you know, in most cases, uh, you know, a lot of folks, if you've been in the market for more than a couple of years, then seeing the market go down right now is what what's happening means you're giving back some of your gains. In most cases, people aren't losing principal if they've been in the market for for a few years or more because you've seen you've you've achieved very nice gains if you've been in there in in all likelihood. Uh, and no, we don't like nobody likes to see you know the gains go go away. But to put it in perspective, I think in the last three years the market almost doubled, and so seeing a little bit you know 15, 20, 25 percent of a correction or a pullback. Uh, to, in my opinion, it should not be surprising to anybody, you know, and, and I know that's not necessarily what you want to hear. Uh, but the reason why you want to stay in the market, guys, is because typically, you know, if, if the statistics show that if you miss something like the 10 best days of the market in any given year, you pretty much miss out on all the games. And that's why we stay in because we don't know when those 10 best days are going to happen. Wow. So okay. you, I didn't realize that. Yes. See, I'm just a font of information. You student. really are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, that's an interesting statistic. It's totally true. You can Google, anybody can Google it. Go yeah. and check it out. Um, you know, depending on it it, it, it might be 12 days or 14 days, um, but it is not, is not the number that you think it is. Um, and because this market, like like we've seen this week, you know, up 900, down a thousand, we see these big moves. And you know, the other thing that's interesting is that statistically speaking, a lot of the biggest days in the market, the biggest gaining days, the biggest up days, yeah. have actually been when the markets are below their long-term average prices, and which is where we are now. Okay, and and so there's a lot happening behind the scenes. I think the bottom line to me is that you 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 if you're a do-it-yourselfer, you want to make sure you know what you're own. Um, and if you're working with a, an advisor, you know maybe have a conversation with him if you are if you are concerned about the short-term movements. Uh, because what I always tell everybody is that the money in the market should be your discretionary money because we know it's it's subject to a loss. And so what I always talk about and I always recommend is that anything you want to keep safe, you don't put it in the stock market, all right? Put it in something that you know you can't lose, such as a, just a guaranteed fixed rate policy, all right? You can get a guarantee of uh, almost 4% now for five years. Uh, in fact, I can get about three and a half for three years, on a guaranteed basis no fees or charges so if you just want stability a guaranteed interest rate i i'm i'm not very very certain that's higher than any bank is offering you right now um and if you want to per- try to get a little bit more growth then you should talk to me about an index annuity that has no risk of a loss due to the market but if you had it for the last 10 years you could have seen average returns in the seven eight percent range i mean
2: those now are the kinds of things that that I mean, the average person doesn't think as deeply as you do about all of this. And and that's why you are doing what you do.
0: It, it, 100%. You know, th- this is my life, for better <laughs> for better or for worse. And, and this is what I've been doing every day for 30 plus years. Uh, you, you know, and, and the market can be complicated. It does bring out emotions when we have these big swings. And what I'd suggest to everybody and what I'd recommend is is just use your head, use your brain when it comes to investing. Try not to make decisions in particular. Try not to take actions based on your emotions. In other words, don't get a trigger finger. In, in my opinion, it is not a good move to have a trigger finger on your portfolio. When you see something like this and you just say the hell with it, I just want out. Just get me out. Yep. All right. That's generally the sign of a bottom. All right. And and, and when, it, when it really started, when when you look at your portfolio and you feel like throwing up and you really don't like the way that it looks, that might be a good time to take a look at buying. Okay, because everybody else is feeling the same way, guys. Everybody that's in the market is, is you know, virtually everybody uh, is is has been losing money. There are ways to hedge yourself, but all of them come with an expense. And most investors, when you tell them, yeah, we can go buy put options that'll protect us in the event of a loss, but there's a cost to it. It might be, you know, it probably add a couple percentage to your costs, um, and they a lot of times could expire worthless. So you can put on a hedge; it doesn't always work, right? And and so. You could put on the hedge, the market could go up and you could lose the investment, whatever money you put into the hedge, all right? So um, if you look at the market, 90% of the time, general, you know, it, it goes higher. Over time, the majority of the time market is going higher. So trying to time those down periods uh, is risky and can be very difficult. So, but what I like to do, you know, make sure you're starting off with money that is discretionary money. We wanna make sure all your bases are covered so you've got guaranteed income coming in to take care of everything you need and everything you wanna do. And and that way you can live your life without a concern about the market affecting your lifestyle.
2: Sure, I mean again, is this the kind of thing that, that you talk about with your clients? In other words, when when the market's doing like what it's doing here, you've got certain strategies that that you can pull out and, and put in place, can't you?
0: Yes, it, it, yes, I, I do. And this is this is what I talk about. And and it's and the conversations that I have with my clients, I always want to I always start off talking about risk. How much risk do you want to take? I'm not going to start off talking about how much return you want to make, okay? I'm going to talk, I want to start off with risk because once we isolate how much risk you want to take, that, you know, it will eliminate a lot of a lot of possibilities. You know, if somebody says they don't want to take a chance on losing a dime in the stock market, then you shouldn't have any money in the stock market, period, because nobody can tell you that they won't lose any money in the markets. And, and so um, the drawback to annuities in my view. The ones that is is the lack of liquidity. In other words, you can take out 5% or 10% per year, but if you wanted to take out more than that, you'd have a penalty. And some people don't like that, all right? I always ask, you know, well, are are you planning a big purchase? Are you gonna need more liquidity? Because if you do, we don't put it in there, all right? But majority of clients that I work with, uh, for instance, with their retirement accounts, a lot of folks will put IRA money into an annuity has nothing to do with tax consequences, all right? Because the IRA is already tax deferred. You don't get any extra tax benefit for doing it. The reason they do it is for the safety or for the guarantees that are provided for the contract. And in that case, most of my clients, the only money they take out of that IRA is their RMD. So they take the required distribution and that's well within the guidelines. That's no problem at all. And they know that the rest of the money that's in there is safe and it doesn't matter on a day day like we've seen this week, market dropping a thousand points. You know what? Those annuities are looking pretty darn good.
2: (laughs) They sure are. Holy cow. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, but that's the kind of, I don't know, that's how, that's how I think your clients sleep at night because you're taking care of them like that. You're not letting them, you know, just flail in the wind.
0: No, 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 no. We don't, we don't want no flailing around here. (laughs) None. (laughs) that That is not what we want. Right. And, and, you know, the other thing, the other thing that, that, that I do and that I've talked about on the show before, you know, dividends are, are a great thing in this type of environment. I've talked about it several times on the show, how there are there are strategies that you can get nice dividends because uh we the market's really been range bound going back probably six months now. And and so if we're not making any real long-term progress going higher, uh you're not make you're not seeing growth in the value of the portfolio unless you have dividend payments coming in. And so, but if you do, you know what, you're still you're still you've still got cash flow, you've still got money coming in, and we can still see growth in the portfolio. The other thing that I like to do is. You know, there are investments out there that have built in hedges, that some, there are some option strategies that are, that are out there uh, that are actually defensive in nature where, where a, a manager will buy a particular stock and then he sells call options against it and that generates income. So some of these are paying seven and 8% dividends Wow. and they're gen and they're generating that income from selling call options against the portfolio. And so. Uh, it can be a very successful strategy that the, the, the ones that I use had, had, you know, over 20% returns last year, but in the down market that we're in, they're not getting hurt as badly because they have these other defensive strategies and other hedges built in. They're still down, okay? And that's what I tell everybody is that if the market drops 30%, even a conservative portfolio, probably still going to drop 10 or 15%, you know, so in absolute turns, you would still see a decline, but it's nowhere near as bad as the general market index.
2: Well, before we run out of time, I want to ask about um, pure growth. We haven't talked about it in a couple of weeks because it's just been really crazy. Um, yeah. But, so let me. So let's talk about that. Uh, you know, you you talked about before we started. You, you told me about one stock that's actually up right now.
0: Yes. Yes. You know what? I appreciate you bringing that up, Steve. And and, and guys, anyone that's listening might know that that uh, a couple of years ago, actually uh, not quite two years ago, I started running a portfolio to demonstrate that that. Uh, uh, what I, my goal was to show that I have a successful way of choosing stocks, right? That I've got a successful method to choose a stock uh, that's going to make you money. Yep. and 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 what I did is it's it's called the rules-based strategy. So I'm using rules uh, that were developed, you know by people you know far greater, far smarter than me. And I'm copying them. That's what I'm doing. So guys like Warren Buffett and Peter Lynch and William O'Neill that started Investors Daily, all very, very, very successful investors, they've come up with these rules that they have had a lot of success with. And my opinion is why try to reinvent the wheel? So, so what I'm doing is using a strategy that when you put it in your computer and you back test it, generates over 20% annual returns going back 30 years. And so I said, you know, I'm going to take this live and I'm going to do it myself. And that's what I did a couple of years ago. So I've got clients that 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 uh, that own these stocks, and I own them too for the record. Um and and so I called it pure growth because it is only stocks and it's a concentrated portfolio of between five and ten stocks. So I've never held more than 10 positions. Uh, and there's nothing other than stocks in the portfolio. And, and and you know what, guys? Last year in 2021, we had a net return of over 35%. This year, uh, until until midweek this week, uh, we were actually profitable slightly, not a lot, but we were up a little bit. So after the thousand point down day, that did knock our portfolio down a little bit. And, and at the end of that day, we were down, uh, we had a loss of 2% for the year. So year to date, down 2%. Versus the S and P down 13 or 14 percent, Nasdaq down over 20 percent. So on an absolute basis, we do have still have a small loss. Okay, but on a relative basis, we're significantly we're beating the S and P by more than 10 percent, and we're beating the Nasdaq by almost 20 percent. So what it, what it, what I'm trying to show is that you don't have to have enormous diversification in a portfolio to see good performance. Wall Street and, and typical recommendations. Our uh, diversification is to, to preserve wealth and to give you uh, less volatility. Uh, but when you're trying to grow a portfolio or trying to really make money, or if you're trying to hit it out of the park, then my opinion is you've got to be concentrated. And, and so that's why I chose to go with a concentrated portfolio. Uh, and, and one of the stocks that's helped us get there, guys, if you go back and you listen to my podcast, you can go to silverleaffinancial.com. That's you know leaf uh, like a leaf on a tree. Um, Silverleaf Financial Dot com is where I where I keep all the podcasts and you can go back and listen to them. I want to say their show is all year long. I think going back into December uh, and in January, I came out with a recommendation where I talked talked to everybody about Zim, the symbol Z-I-M. Is C-I-M.
2: I remember. Uh,
0: so this is a shipping company, uh, cargo ships, things like that. Um, but their earnings are fantastic. And the stock was in play. The sentiment was good. So I suggested it at fifty six. It went over eighty dollars and then they paid a seventeen dollar dividend. Wow. Okay so if you so if you bought it when I suggested it you received that dividend you bought it at 56 you received a $17 dividend your cost basis is 39 okay today the stock is over 60 bucks so so that is that is an example of one that has worked out really well for us um, and and that's why the portfolio has performed better than the S&P because I've been in that area of the market has performed better also you know oil stocks mineral stocks resource companies things like that That's really the few areas that are making money so far this year. So if you'd like to talk more about it, by all means, you know, just reach out. I'm happy to give you more information. Uh, And these are also the stocks that it doesn't have to be all in this stock portfolio, though. It's definitely not. Um, So I use that same strategy to select stocks that add to more diversified portfolios so we can turbocharge the account and add some horsepower to it. So if you'd like to learn more, feel free to reach out to me. I'd be happy to give you some more information.
2: Give us a call, 800-975-6717, or visit silverleaffinancial.com. Sure, hey, sure. Kevin, thanks so much. Uh, you know, it's it, every week I learn things from you, and, and that's what makes
0: this whole podcast so fun. That You know what? I appreciate that, Steve. And I hope, guys listening, I hope you, I hope you can learn something or pick something up as well. And uh, certainly check out my website if you'd like some more information.
1: information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment tax or legal advice. The covered material has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. There are risks associated with every type of investment vehicle. Please read the prospectus and risk disclosures thoroughly before investing. Insurance guarantees are subject to the insurance company's ability to pay. Neither Silverleaf Financial, Kevin Brooker, host, and guests are responsible for the usage of information discussed. Security and investment services offered through Silverleaf Financial. member FINRA SIPC. Please consult with an experienced advisor before making any investment decisions.
2: Volatility in the market is a fact. What isn't so clear is what the ups and downs of the market can do to your retirement portfolio for answers call kevin brooker at 800-975-6717 kevin is founder and ceo of silverleaf financial and he's been helping people cut through the noise and create a retirement and income plan that can take you all the way through retirement call now for your free financial consultation 800-975-6717 today's market volatility can really take a toll on your portfolio do it today.